The Tuffle Commute, Season 7, Episode 4, in which we discuss puzzles. Let's get started. Hi, Lindsay. How you doing? Sean, how are you? Good to see Yeah, actually. Hear, I was going to say good to see you. Good to, well, good to see we your picture on my computer screen again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thanks. It's actually feeling very spring-like. It's actually quite sunny for a change here, which is oh, okay. un- unusual uh, going yep. on. Uh, so why are we here? What are we doing? What's Tefl Commute? Oh, yeah. Well, why don't you tell us all what Tefl Commute is? I always say the usual tagline, which I'll say again, but then why don't you give us a bit more Go detail? On so the tagline is that the Tefl Commute is a, is a podcast for language teachers. That's not about language teaching, but the topic does come up. And as I usually say, I'm sure it will today. Now, I thought it would be good to remind uh, listeners what Tefl Commute uh, is, in the sense, because I think we got a, we got a, a lot of new listeners this season already. Uh, and people might not re- realise why we call it the Tefl Commute. Obviously, we're both, uh, yeah. we're all both, and James behind the scenes as well. We're all language teachers, teacher trainers, writers uh, that have been in the EFL industry for a while. But we wanted to make a podcast uh, which was slightly uh, um, not not so serious for people to listen to on their journey to work. Uh, hence the fact right. it was called Tefl Commute, which is why we talk about teaching, but really not often go deep into teaching, I would guess. It's also why we make a completely arbitrary decision on how long we think someone's commute to work <laughs> yeah. is. Our episodes will range from 30 minutes to 45 minutes, sometimes even pushing towards yeah, I think an it, hour. Yeah, it also so. depends where we're traveling to and how much time we have, we want to listen to ourselves for, you know, the long, the long Indeed. journeys with that. So, um, so, yeah, that's why we're called the, the Tefl Commute. And um, as uh, was noted, we are we're three years old now, which is... Uh, spectacular yeah. given three years and we always take a different topic for our uh our episodes um which brings us to today's topic i think this is one that you chose uh sean you yeah. wanted to talk about this um the topic is puzzles puzzles so what does puzzles have to do with language teaching uh or why do we want to talk about puzzles I, well i thought it'd be selfish because i know that in our other life when we talk about games one of the games you dislike the most are puzzle games so i thought no. so uh, i thought yeah i'd, I'd bring, uh, bring bring that into it but no um I, I was actually um when we were obviously we start thinking about episodes earlier in the year and um i think at the time we were we were talking about episodes i was listening to a bbc um i can't remember if it was a podcast or something i was listening to on demand about the history of puzzles and it was obviously puzzles themselves have been around in in human history for 2000 years and bizarrely uh, at the same time i was uh, by something on social media uh, of a book by friedrich kippel i don't know if that rings a bell that's right friedrich kippel keep talking yeah. the green book I, it was a green book i wonder if it's been redone it was, probably has it was one of the re- the one i have is like it, a yeah mine's really old battered one book. it was one of the first books i ever came across in teaching and for some reason i had this kind of moment of of, a, of an activity called baker street and if i'm right is it 103 baker street i'll need to look and it was one of these logic puzzles and, and so this whole kind of thing made me think how much we use puzzles in language teaching so i thought it'd be quite interesting to look at and by puzzles i don't mean jigsaw puzzles here um i mean i'm looking at things like logic puzzles we'll talk about that in a moment yeah. but uh, 103 baker street and the reason why i remember it is because i could never remember the 
damn answer you know <laughs> and it was like but was it one of those ones where you had to like put the people in the abso- right houses? absolutely yeah yeah no it was who lived at these houses you got like you know if john lives next door to bob who lives two doors down from uh let's see if we can find the actual exercise uh and and quote bits of it on on the website you know so it's one of those logic puzzles you've you 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 had to work out with it and it was kind of um I'm, I'm not, never sure now why I kept giving it to students. I think it was kind of one of those things I pulled out in a in a substitute, a standby lesson. You know, when you're covering for a teaching thing. Oh yeah, like tw- twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. Ago, it's like I, you know, the, with the, with the okay, strong pedagogical gotcha. reason of this will kill twenty minutes. <laughs> it's kind of, totally. It's, it's, totally. Uh, so, so, what's your thoughts on puzzles? Are you, I mean, are you... um, okay. My mind immediately went to crossword oh, okay. puzzles, which I think we'll come back to in a, in a moment. But I suppose, I mean, there's a list. What kind of puzzles do we think about? Um, obviously, there was crossword puzzles. Um, there's also the uh, word search puzzles, um, uh, the word ladders, word circles. I, are I, those puzzles? I don't know. They're I think kind they of are puzzles. In our list I, I, I think puzzles, it, but... it depends how you want to define puzzle. I think here we're looking, I think if you look at the crossword, uh, the, the uh, word circles, word ladders, word, ladders uh, word searches, they all involve some kind of cognitive challenge to find words, don't they? They do, but crossword puzzles are like, like I guess there's a difference between the language puzzle and then like a, vi- well, I suppose, I don't know. I always, I was just doing a word search now and I always, in, in, a, in a workbook, uh, making one, I was setting one. And I always think it's a cop out because I'm like, you know, this this is just finding the letters that go together. It's not there's nothing about meaning or I mean, it's form based. But if you provide the words as well, which they do and sometimes like younger material, you know, there's the words. I suppose the best is if you have the pictures and then you have to. Oh, uh, yeah, words I can't. I, I, I've never been a word. Search that one fan. They seem to meaning. be they they they, 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 they they fall into kill time activities for me. That's true. Although I did see one teacher do a word search in a way, and I'm going to recommend this to all our listeners if you're doing it. If you are on the fence about word searches, um, partly because, you know, you're just giving a photocopy of a worksheet or a word search thing and everyone just sits and does it kind of absentmindedly. Um, I saw a teacher do it really well with projecting the word search in big like onto the whiteboard, but they used the projector. They sort of projected the word search. And then they would call out the definition of one of the words in the word search and the, the class was divided into two teams. And so it would be like, this is a place where you can take books out because oh, you don't okay. buy them. So they have to find library, right? And so whoever finds it first says, I've got it. And then they have to come up to the board with the marker and circle the word on the board. And all of a sudden the word search my much maligned word search, I was watching it. It was quite a motivating activity. Everybody was much more focused on the thing altogether. You know, there was listening involved. I, um, no, no, but I think it, actually that's kind of, I guess that's communicative. in a sense, the same kind of logic that falls behind, say, half a crossword or, or the jigsaw-like activities, isn't it? You know, I guess, it, although in, in your example there, everybody's yeah. got the same information. Uh, but in in kind of half crosswords, you have half the information. Yeah. The other person has half the information. Aim to to make uh, something which is not inherently communicative. Communicative, I guess. Is. Yes. Well, well. Let me then explain, just in case people are wondering, like the crossword and half a crossword. I'm sure most people know it, but if you don't, if for some reason you've come across this episode and you're not a language teacher or you just started recently you may not have come across the half crossword puzzle um i think this is one this is this is i think one of the great classic information gap activities and it's so easy for us to make you take a crossword puzzle and one person has has um 
each people each person has the same grid right so you have the same grid with the same across and downwards but one person has the list of the downwards and the other person has the list of the across words and so they're almost like they're written into their crossword and then i have to give you the clues for the down ones and you have to give me the clues for the across words did I explain that right? Does that make sense? I think so, yeah, yeah. What you didn't sell was how you could make that last for a good 90 minutes, you know, <laughs> by people writing the clues in groups, checking the language, regrouping people, pairing people. Oh, my fap, gosh. Fap, fap. Oh, yeah, you could really <laughs> fap about with a half crossword if you want. Even You could even start off by get you know, they have to cut them in half, the, the, the page which has the two half crosswords on it, yeah. Is that, is that uh, oh, uh, Peter watching Jones? Is that, is that, is that is it a book called Grammar Games and uh, Vocab Games? I seem to recall that. Uh, Peter my... watching Jones did a book called Pair Work, and that oh, was, okay. was famous for having half crosswords in it, I think, at at least two or three. They're, they're good to, I guess, you're, as, you're, you, as a writer, are they, have you made many of those in your, um, in your course book history? Oh my gosh, let me count the ways. Yeah, no, I've done it. I've done it loads of times. Uh, almost any time, well, sometimes I start to avoid it because I feel I've done it too much, but anytime you've got relative clauses as a grammar point, oh, that's for sure yeah. the best time to right. try out that. How can we crossword. practice relative clauses? Ah, crossword, yes. <laughs> yes. The, the only oh gosh, time. we are talking a lot about language teaching. The topic has been in there I since know, the beginning. I know, terrible, isn't it? Do you have something else interesting for us I'll, that you could I'll, share? I want to give you, since we're on crosswords, you allow... Uh, um, um, so a couple of things about crosswords I find quite interesting. I was um, I was just looking to see what what had been written about crosswords in uh, in ELT, and actually the um, the ELT journal going back to 1950 uh, is really interesting. I, the, he, there was a use, uh, and this person was actually talking about using. Uh, authentic crosswords. Oh, okay. The innovations of the past half century that have been applied to education, the crossword is perhaps the Cinderella. And what I liked about that, cinder that sentence is that it was the use of the Cinderella, and it made me really so. So think. the crossword is a Cinderella of innovations in education. In education, and in, in, in the fact that it's not talked about enough, I believe, is the context. It's the one sweeping the room in the corner. But really yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah. And, it's, it was, it was, and it's a really interesting article because, of course, being in 1950, he lists problems of of using crosswords, not not just the linguistic issues of using an authentic crossword with students, but the fact that they're difficult to copy onto the blackboard. And there is, um, oh, oh, I've forgotten the word. And he was talking about the cyclotopic cyclo that, you know, before photocopying, this kind of old machine where you... Uh, I don't know, and you you put the the paper on it and and span the wheel round, and it and it gave you very basic photocopies. So he's talking about that, and I thought that was quite wow. interesting. You know, the, just the way that we've changed. That obviously now these, you know, you were even yourself. They were talking about projecting it and and all those kind of things. Um, as a cryptic, um, as a cryptic crossword, I don't know, Americans aren't very. I know you're Canadian, but uh, cryptic crosswords. You, you, I you used know to love are? cryptic crosswords. I used to oh, love okay. them, but I could only do certain ones because I got to know who the crossword setter was. But... Yeah, I, you always have to. But I, I always had my favourites in the Observer. There's some that you can't do, and you got to. Fa my favourite ever crossword clue, and I think it's many. Have you, have you seen this one where the crossword clue uh, simply it's five letters, and it's just uh, the clue is H I J K L M N O. So the word is five letters long. Yeah, and the clue is H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O. H-I-J-K-L-M-N-O. Yeah. So it's part of the alphabet? Ah, uh, no. But the... What have you got? What, what's the H first letter? H. And what's the last letter? O. So what's the range? H. Middle. You've got H. <laughs> I've got H-2-O. 
H2O. Water. Oh my God. It's water. It, oh, I feel so good. Like, I just have to have a lie down now. That, that was a clue, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that's a great clue. Shall we take a moment here, though, while we're talking about crosswords? I'd like us all to just have a moment where we take our caps off to hail the mighty puzzle maker. Um, this is a website that I think teachers have used since teachers started using websites. And what's amazing is I was looking at it. Um, it still exists almost in the form that it existed when it came, when it when yeah. it started. Do you know the site I'm talking about? Puzzle yes, maker? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to use it quite a lot. Uh, what's amazing, what, yeah, well, exactly. This, to me, was um, like this was the late 1990s when you would still have dial-up uh, internet. And I remember teachers would still be able to make crossword puzzles. You could make your own crossword puzzle with with this tool. And it was the same website. This is Discovery mm. Education. I think from the Discovery Channel. I'm not sure, though. Discovery Education. I'm looking at it. Um, DiscoveryEducation.com slash free hyphen puzzle maker, one word. Um, and uh, you, you have all these different puzzles that you could make. Um, puzzle so it could make your word search your crisscross that's what it was called the crisscross and I don't think I've met one teacher who hasn't made a, a crossword puzzle with the puzzle maker but what's, what I find is amazing about this is um, the font of look like when, when you look at what it generates it looks like something that you would generate back in the late 1990s and the website looks like a late 1990s website I'm so surprised that they haven't come up with well, if they have, you can let us know, listeners, of like a really slick, you know, more modern style website that makes. But on, on the other hand, it's kind of it's interesting because, as you say, that site's been there for years. And you've got I mean, we've got into that phase now on uh, especially in ed tech where people are like, this is a great site for this is a great site for a puzzle maker's kind of slipped under the radar a little bit, hasn't it? I mean, people have gone perhaps for more bells and bells and whistle sites. But I, I mean, it was a fabulous site. Yeah, it, it was, it is. But I think the the new puzzle maker now would be something like Kahoot. Yeah, That's yeah, the one yeah. Wherever yeah. I go, everyone's talking about. Oh, I've got a Kahoot. I use Kahoot. I love Kahoot. So, <laughs> okay, you love Kahoot. Let's let's go. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, I know I'm saying that's what they say. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm must have Kahoot fan. Uh, so, Lindsay. Yes. A cowboy rode into town on Friday, stayed three days, and left on Friday. How is that possible? Give me a second to think on that. Why don't we have a little break from our producer, James, while I think about the answer to that one. Hello, producer James here with a quick message to say thank you for listening to this, the seventh season of the Tefl Commute podcast. If you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's easy. Just get in touch with us at our email address, Commute at gmail.com we'd love to hear from you okay back to the show and during the break you undoubtedly googled yeah no i didn't actually <laughs> during the break i got up and i did a couple of other things that i meant to google and so i'm back right. again i'm looking at the cow oh, so you tell me it again a cowboy rode into town on friday stayed three days and left on friday how is that possible so he, he, he would have left before, like there's four days missing, yeah? 
And so he just, he just, he just. I'll, just, I'll sing a song while. Uh, so you, you think about it. I'll come. I'll come. I'll come back to you in a in a in a, in a little bit. You, uh, lateral puzzles. I love lateral puzzles. Okay, this one I don't know. There's this kind one of I don't these. Know. these the... I give up. I give up already, teacher. Ah, uh, do you? Yes. Okay. The the clue is the word road. A cowboy rode into town on Friday, stayed three days, and left on Friday. How is this possible? Oh, he walked is... out of town. No, what up. was the name of his... He rode, so he was on a... Horse. And uh, what was the name of his horse? Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right. Okay, no, that's not bad. Not bad. Okay. He rode oh, into town. You. Why don't we just... Why don't we spell it out just in case someone else hasn't got okay. it? Okay, a cowboy rode into town on Friday, stayed three days and left on Friday. How is this possible? Friday's well, the name of the horse. Friday's the name of the horse. Yeah, do you want an easy one? Let's what word is What word is always spelled wrongly? Okay, say it again. What word is always spelled wrongly? W-R-O-N-G-L-Y, wrongly? Correct, yeah. Oh, oh I'm brilliant. Okay. <laughs> you give me... Oh, look at that. <laughs> you said you're in your okay. outline you had three of these for me, so give me the third Okay, one. and the last one then. So you're running a race. Okay. okay, I know that's probably... I'm running uh, in a race, okay. Yeah, you're running in a race. You can just imagine that. You overtake the second person. Yes. What position are you in? First... So no. so wait a second, let me just I'm running in a race. I overtake, so I go in front of the second person. So I'm in the first position. I was in the third. Yeah, before. so now you are. <laughs> I'm Oh you're right. No, you're I'm in second. second. Yeah, you fell for it. Yeah. Okay. That's not a puzzle. That's just that's that, just these a are lateral thinking puzzles. They're they're they're, they're good to yeah. keep the the students um it's making making thinking yes, choices. I think I think the lateral thinking puzzle in ELT. I mean, I haven't seen these ones. The ones that are, uh, people are using are those kind of the lateral thinking. Uh, like the typical one, I've seen this one. Like the 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 man in the desert with the backpack on his back and no footprints in the sand. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of oh no, no. You know, there's often it's to do with a, a parachute, you know, isn't a dead it? Guy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he, he yeah. jumped in a parachute or whatever. I've seen lots of teachers um, say they really like doing those. In fact, there's a whole game that I would recommend, but it's far too elaborate to use in the classroom. But there was a whole series of those called Black Stories, which was a card game. Well, each card had one of these mysteries on it, so you had the card and the answer. And then people had to guess, but they were so convoluted, much more than the parachute. Yeah, on plane, I've, but, I've heard parachutes um, and playing. Um, that's you know, you know, like a game called a book called Puzzle Games or something. I think from ELT, and I, I think the second one is about a goldfish, if I remember rightly. But um, yeah. I'll have to look that up afterwards. Uh, so, would you? I mean, they're a different type of puzzle, and obviously we don't quite agree. I don't think on those ones. So they're not something you would do with students. Oh, I think I might. I quite like those kind of puzzles. I like some of them. Like like the the Friday one might be not that that I could see myself perhaps using that one or as an end of class a little treat for them to kind of like, you know, next class see if you could find the answer even if it does mean googling it. At least they would google it in English. Uh I I I I I've got to confess I have they they're on my they're on my QR code race. So I put loads of little puzzles like that on QR codes around the around the class teaching space and they run around in teams to uh to solve the the puzzle solve all the puzzles by zapping the qr codes and then working together uh with a i do i do like some of those ones where um you know like the the ones where you a, a bit like the baker street mm -hmm. one 
But there's other ones where you kind of generate the puzzle yourself. So you have to like you have to design the seating plan yeah. for a whole bunch of people. But that's kind of more personalized puzzle where let's say so so you, the way you do that is you kind of lead them. You, they need to make a list of famous people from a certain point in history, famous people from a certain country. You don't tell them why. And they made a whole list of famous people. And then you say, now I want you to imagine that all of these have come over for dinner. You have to make a seating plan. Who's going to sit next to who? And, uh, you know, so that, so that it has the best. Oh, so, so there's no, I mean, uh, in that case, uh, well, yeah, it's very yeah, subjective. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I quite like that because because you wouldn't, there were certain people that wouldn't be able to sit next to each other, obviously. So that, uh, that's that that's something that well, yes. yeah, maybe we should explore. Give the give that more detail at the end of the podcast. Um, I tell you yeah. what, have you ever heard of Arthur Wynn? No, I haven't. Okay, well, let me introduce you to him, and I'm going to bring back Timeline. So let's listen to Timeline. And... Ooh, Timeline! It's our little puzzle game on Tuffle Commute. <laughs> Welcome to Timeline, the Tefl Commute's on-the-move game for teachers. In this game, you need to draw yourself a mental timeline, and then we'll give you a number of items that you have to put on that timeline in order of invention, discovery, or first use. You'll get a point for everyone you get in the right order, and though there are no prizes, five points will leave you feeling fairly smug in the staff room. So here are this episode's five things. You've just heard me mention Arthur Wynn to Lindsay. Well, those puzzleologists among you will know that this is the person credited with inventing the crossword. So in keeping with this episode, this timeline is all about puzzle creators. I'll give you five puzzle creators and the puzzle they created. All you need to do is put them in the order of creation from the oldest to the newest. Ready? So let's get started. So up first, Arthur Wynn the crossword inventor. Next, we got Norman Gibbert, who invented the word search. But in what year did he do that? Howard Garns invented something called number place, which you probably know now as Sudoku. So did he do that before or after the crossword, for example? Next up, somebody better known perhaps for their, their writing, Lewis Carroll, who invented the word ladder. And finally, we've got John Spilsbury, who is credited with making the first commercial jigsaw puzzle. But when did he do that? So of all those puzzles, which was the first, which was the second, which was the third, the fourth, and which was the newest creation? Okay, thinking time. Okay, thinking time's over. Have you got the answers? Do you know which order they're going? Let's find out. Remember, one point for each one you get in the correct place on your timeline. So we're going to start as far back as 1760, and that's when John Spilsbury uh, was credited with the first commercial jigsaw puzzle. So that's 1760 for the jigsaw puzzle. Next up is Lewis Carroll, and that's 1877, and he claims to have invented the word ladder on Christmas Day of that year. So 1760, followed by 1877, and then that is followed by 1923, and that's when our first crossword came out. So that's when Arthur Wynne is 
uh, credited with the crossword. After the crossword, we move forward uh, closer to present day, and our next one is 1968. And in 1968, Norman Gibbard invented the word search. Okay, so 1968 for the word search, which means that our newest creation, our newest puzzle, it was 1979, and that's when the first number place was published. And as I said, that became uh, better known perhaps as the name Sudoku. So the correct order, 1760 for the jigsaw puzzle, 1877 for the word ladder, 1923 for the crossword, 1968 for the word search, and 1979 for Sudoku or number place. If you got all of those, then very well done. I'll see you next time on another episode of Timeline. more things that i learned during this podcast okay so i mean yeah so arthur win i mean obviously the person that this podcast is probably about given he invented the crossword um we i was just thinking as we go to this kind of i guess into our, our last uh, little bit of this podcast um i would talk to the beginning about baker street being um a great way of killing time um and it reminded me of something um from another i think stalwart book of my early teaching days um which was five minute activities Penny um, with, and Andrew Wright. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I saw Penny uh, many years ago when I was a young teacher on stage talking about what she called this uh, called um, pointless busyness. In other words, activities we that keep students happy, but they don't have a you know, there's a not a great outcome. More than yeah, like, and, and she used Hangman for that, and I never used Hangman again ever because obviously you spend all this time using uh, doing Hangman, but at the end of it, they've only ever spelt out one word. You can see what she's talking about. But I was reminded of that uh, before, so I was just thinking you know let's talk about teaching what might be some of the reasons why we choose to use puzzles with with our students i mean obviously okay. you're, you're making a word search i mean you talked about the word search before so i presume that would be because it's vocabulary practice yeah yeah so i i could well we could take turns doing this i think you could do it for like acquiring new vocabulary or terminology so that kind of puzzle thing with word searches uh crossword puzzles and so on but I guess, as you said, it depends on how it's done, whether it practices any more than just recognition or not. I guess. That's true. That's true. That's where, that's where I get into more the crossword puzzle or the collaborative, you know, half crossword puzzle. Yeah, things. I guess but all those kind of things they'll help with spelling i mean they're all form. Yeah. yes spelling would definitely be something like that i suppose back in the day well although it would still be true now although we don't have classes of dictionaries as much it could puzzles can be used for practicing dictionary search oh yeah yeah, yeah 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 oh the, the old yeah. days of class sets of dictionaries that, oh my gosh oh, yeah Oh, the old oh yeah. for the old days. Now it's just pull it up on your phone, eh? Um, I, I yeah. mean, I like. I mean, the lateral puzzles and things like that. I mean, even to a sense with crossword puzzles, there's a certain amount of critical thinking involved. And I think we we talk a lot yeah. about critical thinking. Uh, critical thinking, also logic lo developing thinking, logical yeah. thinking for your lo logic uh, stuff. And I think. Um, it's all about if you're talking about critical thinking we're talking about making inferences drawing conclusions giving rationale for conclusions 
you know, you got all our kind of 21st century buzzword stuff, thinking outside the box, et cetera. Absolutely. Et cetera. So it's actually, there are quite a lot. I mean, if when we do, if you do the, the research on the internet, then you'll see, I think there is a lot about the use of puzzles in cognitive development, full stop. No, not just in ELT, just as, as cognitive development. And many people, many people might yeah. have thought when they, when they saw the title puzzles, they thought about jigsaw puzzles. But even, I, I was making me think as we talk, I've done jigsaw puzzles in class where I've taken photos and, and split them up and people have to go around and match them up and those kind of things so i guess that appeals to different learning styles as well that reminds me i think it was i think it was ken wilson who told me this story about some material like about we were talking about dialogues for elementary right. students and he told me some of this fantastic material from the 1960s where one of the dialogues was the following and you you had to listen and guess what the context was and you heard someone saying is that is that an arm and then someone says, no, 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 I, th I think it's a leg. I think it's a leg. What's that? Is that his head? Yeah. That, no, that's only part of his head. And then you finally realize at the end that they're talking about doing a jigsaw puzzle <laughs> together. But it, it was a fantastic example of how uh, how creative you could get with a very simple sort of Yeah, puzzle. yeah, no, and out of context. I mean, obviously, we going into that, we knew there was going to be puzzles, but that's quite interesting uh, uh, out of context uh, with it. Right here. Anyway, you see, there was a lot to talk about with puzzles. I, it was... I think, I th and I think, where do we come? I think we come down that puzzles are okay. Yeah, we're giving puzzles a thumbs yep. up on the Temple um, Commute. Puzzles as part of thumbs up. Thumbs yep. up. Assuming thumbs up is a culturally acceptable symbol where you come from. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, indeed. I think that on that note, I think we could probably then call it a satisfying episode we've resolved our have we solved i think we've, our solved, we've had a number of puzzles we that we've, we've put into it yes i think we have and we've even we've even covered a bit of fairy tales with cinderella right i suspect Excellent. we should go then well, and uh leave people yeah thank you to everybody for listening yes thank you very much remember if you've got a comment or you want to get involved in TEFL Commute, you can always find us on our Facebook page, which is, of course, is TEFL Commute, or you can uh, find us on the website, tefalcommute.com. I'll leave you there, and I'll see you next time, everyone. Bye for now. Bye-bye. As your commute is coming to an end, here's an activity you can take into class. In the podcast, we revealed that the word ladder puzzle was created by Lewis Carroll. A word ladder is where you have a starting word and an ending word of equal length. Changing one letter at a time, you have to move from the starting word to the ending word. So if we start with cat and have to get to dog, we can go cat, cot, dot, dog. Thus, our ladder would have two steps. While the internet is full of examples you could use with students, it is more fun for the students to create them for each other. Give the cat-dog example to your class and then put them in small groups. Tell them they are to create a word ladder puzzle for their classmates. Encourage them to work together to make a ladder using both you and dictionaries as resources. When each group has created at least one ladder, Share the puzzles for each group to try. This can be an ongoing project covering the whole year. After starting it in class, students can make puzzles that are then displayed on the classroom walls, on the school's website or social media to bring them to a wider audience. You can read the instructions for this activity and much more on our website tefelcommute.com. You've been listening to the TEFL Commute 
an original podcast produced and presented by Lindsay Clanfield, Sean Wilden and James Taylor. Don't miss out on any of the episodes by subscribing to us on Apple Podcasts and by visiting us at tevilcommute.com. Thank you.